Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between faith and therapy. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people I feel can equip your mental, emotional, relational, physical, or spiritual health. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-proof strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's episode is equipping your spiritual and relational health as my friend Rachel and I discuss how small choices lead to a significant life. Author of A Little Goes a Long Way and host of the Love Offering Podcast, Rachel Adams hopes to help women realize their God-given purpose and significance. She and her husband, Brian, run a family business and farm in Kentucky with their two children, Will and Kate, and two doodle dogs. Her work has been featured on Crosswalk, I Believe, Today Parenting, and Version. I had the honor of being a guest on Rachel's show, The Love Offering, and now I'm thrilled to introduce her to all of you on this show. She has a heart of pure gold, so please help me welcome Rachel to the show. Well, hello, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. It's good to be here. This is going to be fun. Rachel, meet Rachel. <laughs> we even spell her name the same. <laughs> I know. I love that so much, and I think you might be... One of the only other Rachels other than my show producer, also her name is Rachel and spells it just like me. And so, yeah, go Rachels. <laughs> right. I know. It's fun. You know, I was trying to think when I had you on the Love Offering podcast. I mean, it's been years ago. We've known each other for years and it's just been such a gift just to continue to develop this relationship and then now to, to join you here today. Absolutely. And I think it goes perfectly with what we're going to talk about today, which is your new book and really your heart message, um, a little goes a long way, but I think back how I love when I get to see the God connections of, you know, like you said, how I can't remember how many years it's been since I've been on your podcast. And I remember getting, I think just a Facebook message from you had never met you before. And you're like, Hey, my name's Rachel. I have this podcast. And I remember feeling so honored of, wow. Yes, of course. Like that would be awesome. We got to meet, and then we've met in person a few times and, it just is such a great reminder to me of how when we are willing to say those little yeses, or sometimes they might feel little, they actually, years down the road, you go, whoa, what if I hadn't said yes to that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We never know what God's going to do with like a sin- simple interaction, Yeah, right? And like that, there's so much hope in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like to ask my guests, what's a fun fact about you that I would not have read in your professional bio? Mm. Other than that your name is spelled like mine. <laughs> right. That would be an easy call. Out. Um, okay. So my, I live in Somerset, Kentucky and our claim to fame here is um, we are the largest man-made lake in the United States. And we have, we are the houseboat capital of the world. Interesting. Do yeah, you go on? I don't know do if you, that's about me, but that's about my hometown. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> do you go on that lake very much or? We do. We love the lake. My husband loves to fish. My, you know, we, it's, it's like, it's just such, it's so peaceful. We can't get to the ocean near enough. And so that's like the next best thing. Yeah. That's a very fun fact. All right. Let's talk then about your book. 
And I always love whenever I do bring authors on the show, I like to just hear their heart behind it because pretty much always it's I don't know that I've ever interviewed anybody that they wrote a book that they didn't wrestle through something themselves or they had didn't learn something themselves first about it. And then they went on to write a book about it. So let's hear your heart behind this. Yeah, this is something I certainly have wrestled with and still wrestle with, if I'm being honest. So um, as I mentioned, I'm a small town Kentucky girl. Um, I'm a a wife and a mother. I have two children. My husband and I have been married for 16 years. And honestly, my days are are really ordinary. I mean, I, I wake up, have my coffee, have some quiet time with the Lord, walk my dogs, make my kids lunches, get them off to school, maybe do like a little bit of a workout. I write and podcast some and you know, throw a load of, of clothes in the washer, do some dishes, make some meals, go pick up the kids, do some homework, you know, watching my son play football, talking to my husband, you know, like, like, and then I I lay down at night and I kind of have my conversation with the Lord right before I go to sleep. And it's like, Lord, did any of this matter today? And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do these exact same things again tomorrow. And like, did, did it matter for your kingdom? Did it matter for eternity? Like, or am I just spinning my wheels? And so like, this was the tension that I was feeling. And I started just to ask my friends and my family, and I even polled my podcast listeners, like, are y'all wrestling with this like I am? Like wanting our lives to matter, wanting to make big contributions, but feeling like our life is too ordinary and too small to make that big difference that we really desire. And I just felt like overwhelmingly the responses were like, yes, I don't believe that what I'm, what I'm contributing, like what I'm offering. I mean, that's even like my whole podcast. It's the love offering. What are we offering? But yet I doubt what I have to offer myself. And so it was just, it was this tension, this wrestling that just, this, I just poured into the scriptures, like, Lord, what is it that you say about this? And, and can you use my small little life and am I significant? And it was those kind of questions that, that led me to just investigate and, and look to God's word to see what he had to say. I think all those questions that you just said out loud, most of the listeners thought, is she reading my diary? <laughs> is she reading my mind? Because I don't know that we all run around talking to each other about this question, that looming question of this ordinary life. Am I making a difference? Do, do these things matter? Yet it is something that weighs on our heart. So then as you started to research this, what do you think is one of the reasons? I know I'm sure there's lots, but at least one of the reasons that women in particular, we, we really do wrestle with that question of is what I'm doing, does it matter? Is it significant? Yeah, I mean, I think that's at the heart of all of us as, as human beings. It's like, well, to coin like even Rick Warren, like what on earth am I here for, right? Like, what is my purpose? And am I am I just spinning my wheels or, or is what I'm doing, does it matter? And, you know, so I just looked into the scripture and, and beyond even Rachel, what we actually are doing, which I think is what we're so, we have a tendency to focus on. I really just want everyone listening right now. And I'm speaking to my own heart and I have to do this frequently. Like you, we are inherently significant just because God created us. I mean, that's as simple as it gets when he created us in Genesis and um, from the very beginning, he created us in his image. And before Adam and Eve had done anything, he looked upon his creation and he said it was very good. And I believe he looks upon us and he says that we are very good too, just because he created us. I mean, we are, the the scriptures tells us that we are his masterpiece. Like he, we are his handiwork. We are his like poem almost. That's what it is in the Greek. He, he has like lovingly crafted us and he formed us in our mother's womb, you know, like called us by name, knows the, our hairs on our head. And so we are significant just because we are. And so I think that I want people to just really 
I don't know, just like let that settle in your heart before we even talk about like, what are we going to do? We're just significant simply because of who we are. And we can just end the interview right there. <laughs> right, that's the basis and foundation for everything. Yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. That's all you needed to know today. I mean, it's true. I know the, I just want to give that space to really sink because I think, and I will, and I'm speaking for myself and I think the listeners as well, that is a truth from God's word that we just don't sit with enough, right? I mean, I'm going to say again, a a simplified version of what you said, that we are inherently significant because God created us. End Mm. of story. Man, I just felt peace wash over my heart right now. Like, huh, okay. And it made me even think when you were saying that about, you know, I'm a mother too. And I think about when my, my children were born, the moment I saw them, I just, they were enough for me. You know, I didn't need them to do it. If they had never done another thing, if they never learned to crawl or walk or draw me cute things. Of course, I enjoy all those things. And I like to watch them walk out their life, just like the Lord likes to wa- watch us walk out life with Him. But the whole being enough piece and that significant piece is just in the existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think too, like Rachel, the, the key is, is yes, we're His handiwork, but the rest of that verse says that He created in advance for us, like, to do good work, yeah. you know, like our, like James, I, I'm, and I'm such a performance oriented person, but James says, you know, without works, our faith is, is dead. So he does have us here still breathing to do something. You know, he wants us to, you know, you look at the life of Jesus, how did, you know, when, when he was baptized before he had officially launched into his um, official ministry, God, the father looked down upon him and said, this is my son with whom I'm pleased before he had officially really done anything. But then how did he then go about his ministry after that? You know, you look at how he lived his life and and the ways that he loved people and how he spent his time and, um, and his resources, the things he rewarded and the things he valued. And, you know, if, if I, I look at the way he walked along and shared meals and prayed for people and and spent time with one person went out of his way. I'm talking about the woman at the well and like he valued that time with her to just simply be present and talk with her. And, um, and so I think if, if, if the Lord lived his life that way, that's how I want to live my life. And so if nothing was too insignificant for the savior of the world, like nothing's too insignificant for me. Yeah. And I love how you beautifully paint the picture of both of them. It's not either or it's a both and right to sit in who we are just because of God created us, who he created us to be. But then also, and we get to (laughs) go and do good works and we get to partner with him and we get to be obedient when he asks us to go somewhere. So now let's get into that practical piece. Let's look at that. Um, You definitely talk about this and you're you know, like you said, you were, you dug in to see what does the Bible have to say about this? And can you give, you know, maybe one or two examples? I know we talked a bit about Jesus and we'll go deeper into him in a second, but even just of other men and women in the Bible who took something just small that maybe they would have seemed like, man, this feels really insignificant. And they did something big that now we just were reading about, you know, thousands of years later. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the one that comes to mind right now is the widow and her two coins. You know, Jesus highlighted that. And in comparison, everything, everything everybody else was giving was way more. And so we're so tempted to do that too, aren't we? Like, oh gosh, they're giving or doing, or their talent is so much greater than mine. But God just rejoiced at like, she gave all she had. She was willing to just 
like lay it all out and, and sacrifice. And he noticed that. And like, we're still talking about it today and like over and over again throughout scripture. I mean, you think about like the little boy and like the fish and the loaves, he, he just gave what he had. He didn't know that moment. And um, when he was, or maybe his mom packed his lunch or who knows, but he just, he was willing to give it. And then God was the one who, who multiplied it. And so I'm just so encouraged by that, that we, we do see how God highlighted these, these little things. Even I think about David and the sling and the stone. I mean, he was the youngest in his family and he went on to be king, you know, one of the greatest Kings in history. And so I think God so often does his best work through little ordinary people. Um, and he's the one that makes us all extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, even as you were talking and this isn't biblical cause I'm literally thinking about this out loud as I speak. And so Rachel, you might have an answer for this. I'm honestly racking my brain trying to think of any stories in the Bible where somebody had a, a ton or they, you know, were already set up to be like the top of the top and the cream of the crop. And they did something. I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can't either. And that's why, like, when I say it, like I wrote 52 devotions on this, I really, Rachel, think I could have written 365 because I started seeing it just everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. you even look at the, at the very beginning, you think, look at Abraham and how Abraham was impotent and he was old. And then his wife, Sarah was, she was barren and she was old. And that's who God said, it's through these people that I'm going to, you know, create generations is that they're going to number more than the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the seashore. You know, like that is just how he does his best work. And then you look at even Moses, I'm just thinking, and again, I know I could go on all day about this, but I'm just so passionate about it. And Moses was, he never said, I have nothing, Lord. I'm not eloquent. And then God, he saved a whole people group. I mean, just Esther, she was an orphan girl and she just said, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. And then she saved a whole people group. And I really too, I, I want to be so careful to, you know, we're tempted to read the Bible, even in these like big highlight moments, like, wow, look at the life of Esther. Look at what she did. And you just, we start to forget like, how many ordinary days like she just spent in the harem or in as an orphan and like scared to go to the king and day, days fasting and days praying and you know we we just we go to those really big moments in everybody's life and then we we forget about all the small moments and we do the same thing in and i think in our own lives and so we don't need to forget like all the little moments that did lead up to the big moment absolutely and even we still experience that today with i know we I'm not going to hang out here too long, but even with social media, we see everybody's highlight moments or, you know, their moment of success, but we didn't see the, all the behind the scenes. Um, my husband and I sometimes joke, we're business owners and we've owned the business for a little over 10 years. And sometimes people, you know, will say things like, oh, wow, you were an overnight success. But we've, we once heard one of our business coaches say, you were a 10 year overnight success, you know, because when you look at us on the outside now, people go, oh, wow, you're successful. But they didn't see the decade of the times that all the completely ordinary, lowest of the low things that we had to do behind the scenes then not everybody knows about. And so I think it's, it is so good for us to remember that. Like you said, even looking at the Bible, but even looking at our own life and re remembering it's normal and it's part of being a human to have mostly ordinary days, you know, where you feel like I'm not so sure about, you know, this. And so I wanted to ask you then with that said, why do you think then that we're drawn to the bigger is better and looking for those highlight moments and looking for those big things, even when we read Bible stories? Um, I think it goes back to the very beginning in Genesis. You know, you look at Eve and she had everything. She lived in, in 
perfection in the Garden of Eden. She had everything she could have ever wanted. And yet the devil tempted her to look, keep her eyes off of what she didn't have and want more, want something different, want something bigger or better or seemingly so. And so I think that there's just a lie of the enemy. If I'm being honest, he wants to distract us. And so if we can get discouraged and think like, oh, my life is too small to make a big difference, then I'm just not going to do anything at all. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. I mean, like there's so much at stake here. And I think God teaches us so much about being faithful in, in, in the small. Um, and then when we do kind of feel small, when we do feel weak, and um, I think that that also keeps our eyes on the Lord and it keeps us from, um, it lets us lean in and be dependent on him. Uh, and then it gives him all the glory. It keeps us humble and it keeps us from pride. So I think that there's lots of benefits to it, but I also think that it is a lie of the enemy to keep us like looking everywhere else, but to what God's given us. Mm-hmm. You said a statement there that was powerful. There's so much at stake. Mm. That just, that resonated with me because again, if we start looking at some of these Bible stories that you just brought up, if they had gotten stuck in that, that space and not had not done that small thing, there was a lot at stake that they didn't even know was at stake. You know, I think there's more at stake than we even realize, I think. And I even think about Rachel, I don't know if you ever do about like when I read these Bible characters stories, I mean, they're not stories, they're real life. Like it'd be like somebody writing about us one day. Mm-hmm. Did they realize how big their life actually was in the moment? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they did. Yeah. You know, really even, even King David, many of his days were spent shepherding in the field, playing his harp, running from Saul, you know, did he, did he know the impact that his life was going to have? I mean, even, and I think about New Testament, Paul, I mean, he was just writing letters to churches and trying to do ministry work. And we're still talking about him today. And so even in these mundane moments of the people of the Bible that we look to as such larger than life, and they were, they did wonderful things for the Lord. Um, I don't know that they even realized the impact that they would have. And I think that, again, there's so much hope in that because I think about our lives. We have no idea how God's going to use them. And so let's just be faithful to do each day, every day. Like, God, what is it you want me to do today? And I trust that you're going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And not living for that accolade and just trusting that it's cool for me to think about, I don't, I don't know if this will happen or not, but I sure hope that in heaven we do get to see like the different people Mm -hmm. that we touched or influenced in ways we never knew. I know that happens a lot, but even just the person at the grocery store that you decided to actually stop and say, how are you? And listen for their answer. You know, we Mm -hmm. don't know how long it was since somebody had even engaged in conversation with them. And, you know, we might have parted ways from them that day and thought nothing more of it. But to them, that could have just helped them feel so seen that day or whatever. You know what I mean? Just little moments like that that we we don't even know the depth and the reach. Well, yeah, I know that's the case for my own life. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's been many interactions that I've had with people that have been really uplifting or, or not Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that I still hang on to, you know, 20, 30 years later. And those people probably don't know how those words and and interactions and actions helped or hurt me. Um, but they do. And so the same would go for everybody else that we come into contact with. Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about the Bible. I love any of your own personal stories as how you have seen God take something that would have been ordinary and make it extraordinary. Yeah, I'm, I'm for whatever reason it's coming to my mind right now. I'm just thinking about words of encouragement and like belief in people. And so, you know, I'm just to back up just briefly, I was saved in middle school and, but I didn't really get serious about my relationship with the Lord until I had children, because I feel like there was just something, it was, it was just like a, 
a switch that was flipped in my, in my head, in my heart, like Rachel, you have been given you these, these human beings, I've entrusted you to them. And so they're watching how you're living and what do you want for them? And so at that point I started to really just get involved in church. And, um, there was a woman there, her name is Sarah. And for whatever reason, she just looked at me and she's like, Rachel, I just really, uh, I believe in you. And I feel like that God's got a special call on your life. And would you be willing to, lead a Bible study. And I'm like, gosh, who me? <laughs> really? I mean, really, I'm like, are you sure? And, um, I don't know what you're saying, but, I'll, but I'll say, yes, I'll facilitate. And so, um, I ended up facilitating a Bible study and, and I'm still facilitating, um, a Bible study at, at my church. And I have just seen, you know, that woman, Sarah, her just calling out a gift in me, something that I didn't even see in myself, um, how God has taken that and developed new dreams in me. I, I started then podcasting, I started then writing, and now I have a devotion coming out and, and it's interesting because even as I've been, and again, this is nothing about me. It's just that I have been a willing vessel and it's God working in and through me. But, you know, as I've been sharing this message, then it's encouraged other people to like begin and to call out dreams and other people. And so um, I've just been amazed. I really feel like I am living out this message. Like God, I, I will give you the little that I have. I'll give you my voice. I'll give you um, my pen um, and I'm willing to put it out there. And then Lord, I want you to take it a long way. And I, I've already received messages that he, that he has, he is taking it a long way. And I think, gosh, what if that woman, Sarah, what if she had never called out a gift in me and given me a chance to serve in the church? I don't know. I mean, maybe God could have gotten me to this place that I am now doing what I love doing that gives me so much joy, but maybe not. And so I just want to encourage everybody listening today. Like, do you see something in somebody call it out in them and give them a word of encouragement and a, and a word of belief to, to maybe try something that they don't believe that's even possible that God can work in and through them too. Yeah, those words of encouragement are huge, and I have a very similar story to you. I actually, the first time somebody called me out or up to do a Bible study, I actually turned and looked behind me because I thought she was talking to somebody behind me because I was like, you're talking to me? What? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I'm, I have that same similar story of just, I don't think, I know I wouldn't be sitting here today if other others hadn't called me up. And that is very huge. And I, and I think that's so practical that when the Lord just shows us something in somebody else, just call it out, you know, and give them an encouragement and you never know uh, where the Lord might take them. So that's really neat. Uh, something else that you do talk about in your book is that you talk about the positive side of doing little things, but then you also talk about how there can be a negative side. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm referring, uh, referencing sin here. Okay. You know, so many times we think, well, oh, it's just a little lie or it's just a little decision or it's just a little, you know, thought that can take us down to a, maybe a little action or a little behavior. Um, and those little things can, can be collective too, you know, just like the big things can grow and God can take those a long way. Um, I feel like that just open, if we open the door and give the enemy a foothold at all, he, he can take it a long way too. If we don't, um, um, you know, repent and, and ask for forgiveness and, and, and get back on track. And thank goodness God's mercies are new every morning. None of us are perfect, but I'm just thinking about like, just even going back to um, the Bible and the decisions, one decision, you know, you think David did all these great things in his life and he made one decision of weakness that then we're still talking about that today too, right? Um, but he was still a man after God's own heart and he did rectify that. And we see that even, you know, 
God can work all things um, together for the good of those who love them, even our sin. But I just want to be really careful and, and mindful and prayerful that we that we continue to be obedient and, and follow God's Holy Spirit leading um, down the path of righteousness rather than a path of sin. Yeah, I think that's a great thought. I was even thinking of, it reminds me of character. I once heard somebody say that um, character is doing the right thing even when no one's looking because it is super tempting to be like, oh, just a small thing. It's not a big deal to be a little bit, you know, dishonest or whatever. And so, yeah, just like we should take seriously doing something positive, that seems like something a little, we should also take seriously if there's a, just a small, tiny hidden sin in our heart, that that's also something that um, could really you know, lead to even bigger uh, things down the road that we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that fruit. <laughs> I don't want that in my life. Yeah. Well, and we're all susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, none, none of us. Yeah. And that's why, like Jesus said, like when, when you're tempted, this, this is, you've got to know scripture in order and you've got to put on the, the armor of God in order to fight against the, because even I even think about Moses. I mean, Moses lived his life so, so faithfully and so well, and then right before he was almost getting ready to do the promised land, he, he failed in so many ways and he didn't get to see the promised land. And um, so we just always have to be on guard and always have to begin our day like back with the Lord and, and walk with him throughout our days. And again, we're all going to fall short. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We were talking a little bit before we hit record about the verse um, Zechariah 410. Do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices just to see the work begin. So let's talk a little bit. That verse has meant so much to me over the years. Um, I'd love to hear how it's meant to you, but then also how it's played into this message that you wrote of just not despising those small beginnings. Yeah. I mean, I I look at again, how even God who can do anything in an instant, I mean, he can snap his fingers and create the world, but he even chose to create the world little by little. And, you know, even like the, the Israelites, he, in Exodus, it says that he protected them little by little. And like Rachel, I mean, he's sanctifying us little by little. Like this is just what he does for whatever reason, that's the way that he works. And I'm so encouraged by that. And I even think about like when he created us, he created us from dust, which was something simple and small. So like he, he does his work um, in little, but this verse that you're talking about in Zechariah, it was um, the Jews were rebuilding the temple that was destroyed. That was originally built by King David and King Solomon. And of course, those kings had lots of resources at their disposal, probably some of the wealthiest kings in history. And so the Jews were comparing what they were building to the size and the splendor of, of what those kings had already built. But Zechariah in this verse, he's encouraging them. He said, look, it's not about like the size and the splendor of the temple on the exterior, the outside of the temple. It's what's on the inside of the temple. We're building it to house the Lord, the spirit of the Lord. That's what's important. It's on the inside. And I just think about our bodies, you know, God, the Bible tells us that, that our bodies are God's temple and it's him on the inside of us that makes us so special. And so the Lord rejoices just to see the work begin. And so I wonder for each woman listening right now, like, what is the Lord asking you to begin? And it's going to happen little by little. And there's a purpose for that. We don't necessarily know he's developing our character. Like we've talked about, he's helping to craft, you know, our, our patience and our perseverance and many things in us, those fruit of the spirit that he's developing in us, but everybody builds brick by brick. Right. You know, and it's, it's, my husband likes to say it's, it's a gauntlet, you know, it's this marathon. It's not necessarily a sprint. And so we're, we're continuing to build 
brick by brick and don't despise the small beginnings. Cause we all, Jennifer, our friend Jennifer Dixley, she always says like, we all start at zero. Right. And we do, regardless of what we're starting in this new season, whatever you're, you're building, we all start from square one. And we, the, the important thing is just to keep building and focus on not what everybody else is building and how far along they are and the size and splendor of what that is, but what really what our motive and what's on the inside of us is what really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to keep that at the forefront of my brain so much, I feel like, because that would be a temptation that I, I would say that is easy to fall into is that comparison trap. And especially when your ground zero is the same time as somebody else. And then, you know, in a year, they're like light years ahead of where you feel like you are. And you're like, wait, hold on. We did both start at the same time. But again, it goes back to it's the sin of comparison, right? Because mm-hmm. the Lord didn't say, oh, you're both going to start at the same time. And then it's going to go the exact same for both of you. No, because our calls are different. Our all, all of it's so different. And so, yeah, so I'm just being real for a second and being like, yeah, I have to. That's one, something I have to stay mindful of for sure. Um, okay, so I would like to move on to, I love how we've talked a lot about individual stuff, you know, um, but you also talk about just the little collectively, like within a community or a group of people. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I thought that was really cool. I, I really love this idea of community because if you really look again back to scripture, you know, when, when Adam was alone, God says it's not good for man to be alone. So like even, and even if you think about it, I, even before that, it was God, the father, Jesus, the son, and the Holy spirit, like the Trinity from the very beginning. So it's all about like relationship and groups of people and how he's always used groups of people. And I think, um, and small groups of people, you know, like there's this remnant that, that kind of carries throughout the, the whole Bible. And I even think about Gideon, like God continued to even dwindle down Gideon's army. And again, it goes back to so God could get, get the glory. But then I think about even into the new Testament, how Jesus picked the disciples. I mean, he, he had a very small group of people that he lived life with. And then if we think about then those disciples were tasked with leading the early church and then that group of early church, like that's, they took the message from Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth, you know? And so, and that's us now and what God can do. I'm just so encouraged by that. Like what God can do through a small group of people. And I've seen that through so many ways through friendships, through my families, through my church and through my Bible study groups through my writing friends and my podcasting friends. Um, don't discount what God can do through, you know, it, he even says we're two or more gather there. I am with them. And so it's not really about the size of the group that we have, but it's like the magnitude of God who's in that group. Right. Um, and so, yeah, whatever group God has given you, whether it's in your workplace um, within your church community, a, a team that you may be a part of, or your, or your family, God is going to work through that. And, and I just love the thought of, you know, when we're together with a group and then maybe one person goes outside of that group and is in a different group, like those concentric circles as they continue to grow and ripple and um, move throughout the ends of the earth. It's just so exciting to think about what God can do. That's a great reminder to just be having our eyes open for, okay, Lord, who do you want me to connect with? You know, what kind of, whether it is a group or another person, or even just back to you and me at the beginning of the show, how we made that small connection years ago. Now here we are talking again and getting to do life together. Um, just such a great reminder of join together the other believers and just do that together as a team. 
Um, it's, it'll be so fun. All right. So one of the last questions I want to ask you, because I feel like so much of what we talked about today has to do with our heart and you, um, I would love for you to share just some spiritual disciplines that you do and that you recommend to position our heart in the posture that is ready to live a life from this perspective. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to be upfront and real that I don't do this perfectly. And so this is, you know, on my best days, um, I would say that I start my day with prayer. Like literally I, I sit up out of my bed and before my feet actually hit the ground, I close my eyes and like, Lord, guide my steps today. Help me just to stay in step with you. And then, you know, I pour myself a cup of coffee. I read the word because it is our daily bread. Like just Sunday is, is just not enough. We need to continue to stay in his word to um just so that prayer staying in his word worship is really important to me and even notice like and I, I love I love I mean I'm a Kentucky girl so I even love cu- country music but I can notice like the even those songs and the words and like that begins to be kind of my thought process like whatever I'm reading whatever I'm watching whatever I'm listening to whoever I'm having conversations with those kind of things can again like to our previous conversation they can kind of take me down like those little sinful paths or they can take me down like a more righteous um in a not self-righteous but in a you know godly (laughs) righteousness um holiness, hopefully. Um, so worship music is really important to me. And so I think it's just being intentional to like, what am I listening to? Who am I having conversations with? And of course we get, we're so lucky, Rachel, because the line of work that we do, I mean, I I write about the Lord. I talk about the Lord. I talk with other people, uh, have conversations about him most days, all day, every day. And so, um, I'm able to center myself around him, uh, usually. Um, so those are some spiritual practices that, and, and the podcasts are great, but I think for me, God really worked on my heart several years ago. I was reading a lot of other people's, um, words about him. <laughs> um, but he just really encouraged me several years ago to just read his word and have a relationship with him like one-on-one rather than through a third party. And so that would be my encouragement and um, to those listening to like, just, just spend time with him. He just wants to be with you. Yeah, even as you've been talking today, you can tell that the times that you talked about the Lord or Bible stories, it wasn't just research for your book, like that you know the Lord yourself, you know, and that's just always very encouraging when we meet other women that are getting in the word. And I appreciated, though, that you gave the caveat that, hey, I'm not perfect every day. And I hope all of you know, anytime we give you any tips or tricks or whatever, we are not perfect in this. And I know for sure the days that I don't um, make space for those spiritual disciplines, I notice a huge difference in my attitude and my heart posture. And thankfully, usually somewhere along the day, the Lord will kind of tap me on the shoulder and go, would you like to just have a little time out pause and mm-hmm. listen to worship music or just be, you know, say some, do some prayer, do something just to kind of reset my heart and align it with his. Yeah. Yeah. My family can tell too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They're like, Oh, mama's not been, um, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's evident when, if my, what, whatever's overflowing out of my, my mouth and of my heart, it's evident where I've spent my time and who I've been with. Absolutely. Yep. Same, same for my family. They're, they're like, why don't you go for a walk and listen to some worship <laughs> music? <laughs> 
right? Do you need some quiet Yeah, time? my husband's like, I've got the kids. You can go. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I promise I'll be happier when I get back. And I am. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, let's wrap up. Uh, one thing I did want to give you a chance. So, you know, we've been talking about the, the theme of your book throughout the whole time. Um, there is significance behind the book cover. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and the the long is kind of when the, a little goes a long way. It's elongated, kind of like the streets of gold. And it, so there's also like little specks of gold. And I mentioned earlier, like the um, we were created from dust, and God is who breathed life into something simple and small. And how He takes like all those little things, all that all that dust, so to speak, of all of our actions and our behaviors and our words and all of the things, all the prayers, all the things that we do, and then um, just the the long um, and gold is all the way to the streets of gold. Like just to see how how He takes all those little things a long way eventually in eternity. I hope we see bits and pieces of it now, but I'm I'm confident that we will um, one day when we're sitting beside Him. It is a beautiful cover. So thank you. I didn't know that about the bits of gold and stuff too. I just thought, ooh, it's pretty, but I love to hear the meaning behind things. That's cool. And now I'll think of that every single time I see the cover. So thank you for that. All right. Tell the listeners, obviously, where they can get the book, where they can connect with you, any other resources you want to share with them. Yeah, you can. Um, I'd love to, as, as we've talked about, I believe every little interaction, it goes go a long way, every little conversation. So I'd love to continue this conversation. You can find me at Rachel Adams author on social media. You can also find me at rachelkadams.com. And there I have um, free resources. I have a book bundle that goes along with the devotional. So it's got a conversation guide. If you want to do this with a, a group, like we talked about a, a, the importance of a little group and there's a guided journal, there's a list tracker. So you can kind of see um, you know, how God is taking your little a long way. So that's all there as well as a shop that has a lot of significant um, themed uh, merchandise like sweatshirts and mugs and necklaces and all those kind of things. So yeah, I would love to, to continue this conversation and connect with um, all those that are listening. Perfect. Well, and uh, all those links will also be in today's show notes. Well, Rachel, thank you again for taking time to come on and just share your heart with the listeners. Um, I know they're going to love you just as much as I do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. It is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. For years, I've had the verse from Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I've had that on my desk and... I cannot tell you the number of times that verse has kept me from quitting. As a wife, mom, business owner, counselor, author, now I'd like for you to fill in your blank for the hats that you wear. The small things we do day in and day out can feel insignificant. At the end of the day, we wonder if any of it made a difference. My friend, I am here to tell you that every small step and choice you're making today is laying a foundation for your tomorrow. We will never know the ripple effect of our small yes. Keep showing up. Your practical tip for this week is to write this verse from Zechariah somewhere you can see it daily. For me, it's on my desk where I work. Maybe you need it on your car dash as you drive kids all over town. Or perhaps you need it where you lace up your tennis shoes to go for walks. What area 
is feeling overwhelming or like your actions are insignificant. Put the verse there where you can see it and be reminded. All right, let me pray over you today and just release you well. So Father, I just thank you so much for every single person sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for this much-needed message that we got to hear today from my friend Rachel about our significance in this reminder to not despise small beginnings. Thank you, Lord, that you rejoice just seeing the work begin. And you rejoice to see the work continue on and come to completion. I pray for every weary soul today. You just renew their strength. Give him them the courage and the excitement and the energy to just keep moving forward and keep saying yes when you ask us to. Above all, Lord, may we just rest in who you created us to be. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, as always, if you want any more resources on all the things, just visit my website, rachelgilbert.com. If today's episode blessed you, would you consider leaving a review? It helps other listeners find the show, and we love to read them. Well, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.